Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. My name is Jacob Perry. Today I'm joined with Brandon Hassler and John Hammond. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Were you even listening to what I was saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. John, Jacob. so uh, it's been three months since our last episode. Our last one was released on May 8th. A lot has happened in the last three months. We're going to take a few minutes to talk about it. John Hammond is our newest producer. So we hired a producer to come and make sure that uh, everything's going smoothly. With the plans that we have for season four, it's going to be pretty much a requirement that we have someone producing the show, kind of uh, making sure that uh, everything's working. So Brandon, what's new to season four? What can people expect? Uh, one big focus that we're wanting to do is uh, with a video aspect. So still be recording. Uh, the podcast will go on as usual, but we're hoping to involve the community more, uh, specifically through Facebook Live. Um, ultimately, we will have a much better and higher quality feed than this. We're kind of testing stuff out today. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be the big thing. And obviously sticking to the same uh, good stuff that everybody likes, current events, uh, talking about latest and greatest with marketing, business, whatever, whatever you guys really want to talk about. So we're hoping to, I think that's the big, the big theme is involving the listeners more. So it's not just listening to us. It's like an actual discussion each show. Yeah, that's a, that's a great synopsis. We're going to keep bringing really great guests on the show. Uh, we're going to be going live on Facebook John is going to be moderating all our Facebook uh, live comments, so feel free to chime in with any questions, comments, shout-outs, whatever it may be. It's John's job to filter those and bring any in that, uh, that may be relevant. Season 4 is going to drop in a couple of weeks, a couple few weeks. We're looking at an August 17th drop date. We'll have uh, two more episodes of Season 3, and, and then we'll... Uh, We'll be prepared for season four with really great quality live video streaming. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Let's move into current events. So this is uh, this is a segment that probably won't go anywhere. There are some really great stories. We're not going back over the last three months to talk about things that have happened during the time we were gone. We're going to talk about the latest and greatest things that have happened most recently, whether it's Utah news, national news, or beyond. So, Brandon, you own this segment. Let me hand it over to you. Oh, man, where to begin? Uh, some slightly off-topic news. Coke Zero is going to be um, extinct, I believe, in three months. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because if you know me, you know I love a good soda. And uh, Coke Zero is definitely in the top three of my consumption. I have a Coke Zero at least once a day, along with the Diet Mountain Dew. Um, the reason they're getting rid of it is because a lot of people don't realize that Coke Zero has no sugar. 
So they're actually uh, coming out with a new drink called, which is already out, I guess, at least, I don't know, one guy had it this morning. Um, it's called Coke Zero Sugar. And I guess it's to better market the fact that Coke Zero has no sugar in it, which many people did not know. So and it's, it's, it's still Coke taste. Zero or is it Coca-Cola Zero? It's called Coke Zero Sugar. Coke Zero Sugar. So they're just adding sugar. No, they're getting like... It, Sorry, I meant they're adding sugar to the end of the... <laughs> yes, yes, you're correct. Coke Zero Sugar, and uh, it's supposed to taste a lot closer to the original sugared Coca-Cola. and Like um, not artificial sweetening. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, hadn't, I didn't have it's a chance you. to take got a you. sip, but from the one guy who sipped it, he said it actually tasted better than the Coke Zero. But a lot of people are really angry about this. Soda fans are yeah. getting rid of Coke Zero. That's, but that's weird. That was uh, one random piece of news. Another thing that you pointed out, which I also was uh, heard today, is uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Hang on, hang on. I'm not. I'm not done with Coke. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, I'm not hey. with Coke. So Coke. Uh, first of all, I have not had a Coke Zero or otherwise uh, since before February 12th of 2002. So as far as Coke goes. Uh, and and I was a Pepsi guy even even back then. Uh, what are the digital marketing? Uh, h- how can we tie this into digital marketing? Well, get this. I'm reading uh, the press release from CocaColaCompany.com, and they said with a they have a little Q and A section, and it says why is it called Coke Zero or Coke No Sugar in my market and Coke Zero Sugar in others? And their response is regardless of the name. The taste of this great new recipe is the same. Each country is required to adhere to local regulations regarding labeling of their products. So I could tie that into digital marketing. Hey, do it. It's just simple A-B testing right there, man. They're deciding which name is sticking better with consumers. So it sounds like they've already announced the winner, right? So you said the two names are? Coke, no sugar. And then the other is Coke, zero sugar. Interesting. Yeah. I did read in the uh, a brief press release something about like local regulations with some places I think involving taxes on drinks that are sugared and Coke Zero was mistakenly being classified as a sugared drink therefore hit with different taxes or something like that. But yeah, interesting um how that will affect the marketing. Honestly, not a huge tie in my angle of digital marketing. It was more of I drink this stuff every day, so my world came crashing down this morning when I read that. And why, uh, why did why did your world come crashing down? You're getting the same product; it's just called something different. It's a different product, different taste. But it's supposed to taste better, supposedly. I'm hoping it does. I'll find out once I get my hands on this can. <laughs> Although I usually don't like soda from a can, so I really got to wait until it hits the fountains. Soda. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done with Coke. We can move on. Go ahead, Brandon. What's the next What's the next item? Uh, the next interesting one that you brought up earlier as we were discussing today, uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. For a brief moment today was the world's richest man. Uh, and then Bill Gates quickly hopped back on top to number one. Is that uh, – okay, so first of all, l- let me give some context here. Jeff Bezos was within $1 billion from Bill Gates. Overnight, the Amazon stock 
went up 15 points. And it earned him an, an additional $800 million overnight, which put him right on top of Bill Gates. So he was in number one spot. So now you're saying that Bill Gates is back on top. Is that because Amazon stock went down yeah. or because something with Microsoft happened and now Bill Gates is, is more wealthy? No, it's their stock. So like this morning I was watching CNBC. Uh, they were saying how, oh, Jeff Bezos is the world's richest man now, assuming the stock stays above. I think it was like one or 1064. Uh, right now it's at 146, 1046. So he dropped 1046 per share. Yeah, so that, that literally blows my mind. So then that uh, went down, that dropped his valuation, and he's actually even lower. If you look at the closed market, it's down to one thousand thirteen. So it's taken a huge drop today, and it continues to drop. So he had his brief moment. Though. I'll tell you what happened. People were like, "We can't, we can't have Jeff Bezos at number one," and then everyone stopped buying on Amazon for a few minutes, and the the it dropped. <laughs> but tomorrow will go back to normal. Yeah. I'm I'm sure everyone's uh, predicting that within a very short period of time he's going to it'll be more yeah, permanent, more solid is be on top. But how does this tie into marketing? Well, let me tell you how. A lot of marketers are always trying to figure out how do I make some extra moolah, and who has the biggest affiliate program in the world? I believe Amazon, and this is a great sign for affiliate marketers who are using Amazon because. It just once again proves, not proves, it leads uh, us to believe that Amazon is taking over the world as more and more people buy Amazon products and get comfortable with their platform. It makes your job as an affiliate marketer to uh, get people to purchase on Amazon and, and increase your earnings. So I do Amazon affiliate marketing myself via YouTube. Uh, there's many other different ways of doing that, but... I look at that, and as a Prime user, I say, hey, this is great. Yeah. Okay. Many so, disagree with that, though. Yeah. And but that's if, a different show. If they disagree, they can comment on Facebook, and we'll engage with them. <laughs> yes. What? Uh, what's next? We've got, um, oh, Purple. So yeah. Purple Mattress is, a, is, one, is one of the biggest companies in Utah. It's, it's very, very new. And we actually had Alex MacArthur, who's the CMO of Purple, on the show a few months ago. But the biggest news that's come out of the Purple mattress space is that they are um, going through an acquisition. So I had the news article. I guess I could pull it up again. But the the news was that they're getting acquired for $1.1 billion. Is that insane? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Anyway, the the article does not specify which company. Oh, no, no, hang on. It says a New York acquisition company is buying Bed in a Box Manufacturer Purple Innovation LLC. But then the next paragraph, it says Global Partner Acquisition Corp. So is that it? Global Partner Acquisition Corp? Is that the company? Okay. Probably. Anyway, that's big news for Purple. Congratulations. That's huge. We have one more story to go through, and that... Belongs to Brandon. Is that the uh, the departure? The departure. Great movie. Let's give the review here. Just kidding. Um, so since our last show, some notable people have announced that they're uh, in some ways more than others leaving the SEO industry. Danny Sullivan, the most notable one, uh, a.k.a. the godfather of SEO, 
uh, announced that he would be uh, stepping down from Third Door Media, kind of leaving the whole SEO industry and focusing on other things. Uh, I do not remember off the top of my head what those things were, but he will not no longer be uh, doing anything uh, with SEO. Rand Fishkin announced that he, I mean, he's already stepped down as the CEO of Moz, uh, and now he is, his was kind of confusing because it's like he's leaving Moz, but he's still going to be uh, almost like a consultant or uh, an advisor in terms of like he'll still be doing some whiteboard videos on Fridays, uh, giving his two cents on stuff. But I guess he's stepping even further away from his role at, at Moz. So I guess he won't be considered part of Moz, even though he still technically is sits, I think, on like their board. He is. He's whatnot. the president or something. He's like the head of the board. Yeah. So, I, well, I think he's stepping down from that and then into a much no, in, he's an not. even smaller role, right? No. If you read, if you read Sarah, who's the current mm-hmm. CEO, if you read her article, she mentioned he's he's still the president of the board or what, whatever term they use, uh, but okay. he's still he's still on the board. That, that, yeah, when you say it's confusing, you're right. It is confusing because I don't know what he was doing before. He stepped down from CEO. Well, he was kind of like three an years ago. So he was like the yeah, face of Moz. So yeah, like what does that mean? He's not doing that anymore. He's, that, that's what they made it. Sound he's not like. going to evangelize, but he's going to be the face <laughs> of the whiteboard Friday and still at their conferences. I mean, what other public appearances does he need to make? Or yeah. is he stepping down from? Yeah, I don't know. By the way, I went to MozCon this year, and he was MC. I mean, he was he spoke two different times, uh, and never was it mentioned. I did not know he was stepping down. I'm, I'm putting air quotes there. I didn't know he was stepping down from anything until today when you shared that article. Nothing was ever mentioned in MozCon. Nothing, and it felt just like last year. He was he was the first and the last. He MC'd one of the days. So yeah. I, the, <laughs> Huge news. Rand Fishkin is stepping <laughs> down from stepping down is really what it sounds like. Yeah. And then uh, Matt McGee. Do you know Matt McGee or know of him? Yeah, I know Matt McGee. He's uh, also leaving yeah. Third Door Media. <laughs> so sounds like there's some weird stuff going over going on over at Third Door Media. Didn't I see something about Elizabeth also leaving or no? I did not see Maybe the not. same Maybe thing. Maybe she was just commenting on it. But. I did see her comment with her pictures of Dan Sullivan. Danny Sullivan. Uh, what I thought was funny was uh, uh, Matt McGee like rode the coattails of Danny Sullivan out the door where he tweeted, hey, me too, except <laughs> only after six years <laughs> instead of the eight or whatever, or 12 or yep. 21. Sorry, 21. Danny Sullivan's been in. I, I don't know. It was really weird. Yeah. Danny Sullivan makes sense. Like if you follow him on Twitter, uh, I mean, he's not a guy that you follow for digital marketing insights. Most of it, it's just like political rants and his life in Newport Beach. So uh, he he's kind of been retired for a long time. He's just I making so. it a little bit more official. Yeah. Smart guy, but yeah, he's uh, I think he's kind of checked out of SEO for a while. But the interesting thing about the article, of course, it was taking the, the clickbait angle of, well, is this, is this red flags for the SEO industry that these influential people are, are stepping out and doing other things? Uh, it makes the wise point that as long as people are asking questions, there's going to be search engines. And as long as there's going to be search engines, there's going to be something to optimize for. Those yeah. strategies change with time and the good SEOs adapt. Um, but SEO is not going anywhere anytime soon. I do see it, though, like from a media standpoint, it is very tough to have a publication on 
something so niche like SEO or even digital marketing in general versus a much bigger realm like, you know, BuzzFeed or Huffington Post. So from the media aspect, I can definitely see uh, that maybe companies not wanting to pigeonhole themselves, although Moz just went back to its roots of uh, being very SEO centered, not trying to branch out into social and whatnot. But yeah, it's interesting how, uh, and even just, I just read an article on Adweek today about the uh, top 10 positions that are like going to be a huge demand for either in 2017 or 2018, but it was stuff like chief experience off, uh, officer, um, VR editors, like someone who edits uh, with like VR footage, like all these like crazy positions. And that seems like what a lot of people want to gravitate towards is the fun, social, attention grabbing stuff. Uh, whereas SEO has always been kind of looked at as, uh, I don't want to do that link building, uh, optimizing pages. So it just, it just sounds like what you're saying is SEO is going through a rebrand. Yeah, I guess that's a safe way. That's not a safe way. It's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Oh, it's safe, baby. I don't think people are looking at it that way, but I think that's the reality of it. SEO is not going anywhere. It's just taking a new angle. Is the article titled The Guide to the 10 Next Hot Job? That's the one. I'll share it on Facebook for everyone. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. John doing his job. For those who are listening to this podcast and you're not watching on Facebook Live, be sure to join us next Thursday. This Thursday. Sorry, yes. This Thursday as you're listening to this, 5 p.m. Mountain Time-ish. And we'll be uh, live with another experiment. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, okay, so... I want to move into, wait, what, what were we just talking about? Oh, big players leaving SEO. Okay, so yeah, SEO is going to survive. You're right. Uh, people are, are running away from SEO as the link building, blah, blah, blah. They're getting into more of other things. Let's, let's talk about some of those other things, okay? Because when we talk about an SEO rebrand, there are other terms that are used to describe what SEOs are doing that isn't SEO, okay? So what I want to get into is an article that I found uh, that talks about digital marketing trends of 2017. And I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of this stuff and really just go down to the main list where uh, there's a chart, top-rated digital marketing techniques of 2017. So 2,352 people were surveyed, and they were asked the question, what, uh, what digital marketing techniques are being used in 2017? I want to throw it out there. You guys have not seen this. What do you think? Which techniques do you think are the top? Okay. So when we talk about digital marketing techniques, I imagine you have some in your mind. I don't want to throw any out to bias your answers, but uh, start throwing some out and I'll tell you where they land on the list. Like how specific slash general? Like if I said social media. So social media is... Uh, is that too broad? No, social media marketing is on here. So social media marketing is number five. Uh, let, me, let, let me count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. These are the top digital marketing strategies of 2017 that people say that this is what they are doing right now. I, I don't know that, but I don't think it matters. Just know that uh, the survey was two and a half thousand people, and they were asked, what are the strategies or tactics to use in 2017. 
I would say video marketing okay. would be so another one. Video marketing is not on here. I'd say paid marketing. So paid marketing, uh, paid search marketing yeah. is, is on here. And that is, uh, these aren't numbered, so I'm having to look at this. Uh, nine. So it's number nine. So in paid, it says paid search marketing number nine. And then you go down to number 13 and it's display, mm-hmm. which is, you know, under the same thing. But yeah, I'm actually surprised that video is not on here. I'm trying to think. I actually think video is well. It's tough. It's captured. It's captured in another one of these. Well, I would imagine like with social, like right now, storytelling on like Instagram and Facebook Live video stuff like that. I wonder if that just counts as oh, it's on a social platform. So that's where the yeah, that's probably true. Happening. Yeah, I mean, there's one on here. So this is this is interesting because part of me. Well, I'll get to that. Keep giving me techniques. SEO. SEO is on here. Yeah. So SEO is number seven. Link building. So link building would be under SEO. That's not on here. But uh, l- let me let me let me spend a second on that. SEO is at number seven out of fourteen. So right in the middle. And this is of twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's in order because I have percentages here. Okay. Uh, in, uh number seven. Uh, 2017 digital marketing techniques. Crazy. Okay, give me a couple more. Email. Email. Yeah, that was, that's a good one. That was my next one. Um, I so marketing automation is on here, and email kind of fits into that. Email does not get its own, wow, its own thing on here. Uh, marketing automation is number three, by the way. Okay, give me a couple more. Uh, did we already say content? No, marketing. Uh, content marketing is number one. Really? Okay. So so that 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 brings me to kind of the weird thing about this where content marketing is more of an umbrella term, I think, where like yeah. SEO, paid, uh, conversion rate optimization, social, video all fall under content marketing. And maybe that's why it's so skewed is like, oh, yeah, out of all these things, content marketing, that captures the most. So I don't know. It's a little bogus. But content marketing is number one. No, uh, no surprise. No surprise there. Number two is big data. Hmm. If I asked you what's big data, could you answer that? Uh, platforms like Hadoop <laughs> and Mapbar. Uh, big data, I believe, is uh, I can putting it in words. Like a lot of organizations, like big data, you can almost say, I guess a relatable term is like what I mean. ESPN is doing with athletes and breaking down every single type of metric uh, within a certain area. So whether that's sports, whether that's traffic. Uh, consumption of uh, activity on Facebook. You're breaking down all of that. You said consum- cons- consumption. I was not. I, food is what came to mind. <laughs> or, yeah, eating habits of Americans yeah. on a very large scale. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's drill into content marketing a little bit, okay? So content marketing is huge. One of the things that came up as I was kind of looking through content marketing, I mean, it's huge, but one thing I want to drill into I went to inbound.org and I found an article about um, optimizing your content. Have you ever thought about that? Like we t- we talked about optimizing your website for search engines, optimizing your ads for clicks or whatever it is. Optimization is a huge part of digital marketing, but thinking about optimizing your content, right? So your blog article, for example, if you're writing a blog, what in the blog could you optimize in the post? Um, I think... If a lot of times I think people fail to reverse engineer uh, a blog post. So one of the first questions questions you should ask is what's the purpose 
of this blog, like how am I going to define success? Because usually people just think of an idea like, oh yeah, this would get a lot of reads. Let's go ahead and write it or, or film it. And then we're going to put it on the blog and see how it does. And there's not really an end game plan. But if the purpose is we're trying to drive leads, whether it's an email capture at the bottom or we're trying to link off to other pages, that's that should be figured out beforehand. If you're looking at an existing post, I'd say the questions to ask are, are there any call to actions? Are we mentioning like are we mentioning products or services that we offer in the article and are we linking to those uh, that helps with your internal linking. It also just makes it easier for someone who's reading about, uh, you know, marriage counseling. And then you're giving these tips. And some of these tips are products that you sell on your website. So why not link? Yeah. To okay. That? So, Brandon, I think that's a really great point. If I were to ask you to bullet point things that you could do to optimize your blog post, uh, pretty much take what you just said and throw out the bullet points. Um, so look for call to actions. Do you want a big button at the bottom, maybe somewhere in the middle, like in, and where is that call to action going to go? Um, look for references of any opportunities you have to link to other pages on your websites or even, or your website or even other good resources. If it's a YouTube video, someone made Wikipedia. Uh, I would also say, um, to look at the length of content. That seems to be one thing that Google really is putting uh, emphasis on is good long content especially if you're trying to rank zero which i know something 97th floor is touting their greatness at of getting in those uh, featured snippets um and i would also say just in terms of like user experience break up if it's a long post which is great make sure you're breaking it up with subheadings there's nothing worse at least for a, a reader like me to go to a thousand word article and there's like no subheadings because I think a lot of people skim at first where they see the title, they want to see the subsections, if anything looks interesting, and then they might go back up and start reading through it. If you don't have those subsections, you are losing out on a lot of skimmers who could become readers, but they gave up too early. Yeah. I, uh, we actually got a comment from Lisa Schumacher's just talking about this topic and she loved the idea of, First, identifying the purpose of the post. And that makes me think of uh, Clayton Christensen's jobs to be done. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this analogy, but he did some consulting for um, a fast food chain talking about milkshakes. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to identify it how to increase it. Yeah. Anyways, they came... Were you avoiding saying McDonald's? Just, I don't know. Just in case McDonald's might sue us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the founder. I don't like the McDonald's mcdonald's anymore so you just don't want to promote them by saying mcdonald's on the show nothing okay sorry say it one more time (laughs) (laughs) mcdonald's anyways so i just like to think of blog posts in that same manner is always ask yourself and that's a great way to start your you know content drill down is what is the purpose of this blog what job is this blog post trying to do is it just trying to get views or is it trying to convert to sales is it trying to uh, is it a top of funnel, middle funnel, or end of funnel? Yeah. No, I, I think that's perfect. So one thing that has not been mentioned as far as optimizing your post is the title of the post itself. So as I, as I was looking through this, there are many tools that you can use. Let me pull up the one that I was looking at today. The one I was looking at is called, uh, it's, it's owned by CoSchedule, uh, and it's a headline analyzer. So you can you can type in your 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 headline and it'll break it apart and tell you whether it's too short, too long, the words that you're using, 
And I wanted to pull out some examples, okay, to, to kind of give you a case study of what I'm talking about as far as titles of things, okay? So I'm going to start with there were uh, at least three Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times articles in 2016. I pulled the titles out of those Pulitzer Prize winning articles and I put them into the headline analyzer. The first one is called They Are Slaughtering Us Like Animals. What would your guess be? Good or bad? Like headline. Oh, like in terms of how many clicks? No, just they like got or So my understanding of this headline analyzer is that yeah, it's 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 looking to be engaging and uh shareworthy well, one thing I will say, um, I think titles have evolved a bit, especially in 2017, because on just about every social network, I mean, anywhere you're sharing an article, an image almost always is next to that title. And so I feel like now where, has, where, where social has evolved, the image is part of the title and sometimes it can play off. So are you, are you talking like, about like an author's image or just like a an like the, image like that's associated image. with it? Okay. So with that post, uh, the, what, they're slaughtering us like animals. That alone, if that just like popped up in text, I would be like, oh, that could be a million things. Well, but if you think had about a picture you think of, about putting it in like the subject line of an email, there's no image. You put it in if it's if you're finding it on Google, there's no image on the SERP. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to be able to write. A, a title yeah. that is engaging enough to get click through. Let, yeah. Let's use click through as our, our metric. Well, and search and social are going to have different strategies because I would imagine on search, a title like that is not going to do well. Whereas on social, if you're blasting out to the right audience with that title and may, I don't know what the article is about. Maybe it's about uh, Congress is, is slaughtering Americans. So if it was a picture of wow, that's gory, Capitol, <laughs> Capitol Hill. What happened to patriotism? <laughs> well, I'm saying like with, with policies, like it's some exaggerated type thing. That's where I could see like I don't think people consider that now or, or at least yet that the image is really part of like it shouldn't just be like, okay, we got our title all worked out. Now what image should we use? I think that should be part of the discussion as you're creating the title, at least for posts that are going to do well on social is what's the image that we're going to use? What's a title that goes with that? Because I feel like they go hand in hand now. Cool. So the analyzer gives a score between zero and a hundred. Okay. I plugged in probably 10 or 12 titles and I never got above 65. So, and I was, I was, uh, part of me was kind of like picking titles that I was like, well, maybe this will get a higher score. Apparently, it's really hard to get higher than 65. Did you try any, like, BuzzFeed articles? I'm just curious. Uh, I did not use BuzzFeed, but I did use a couple of other examples that uh, are kind of BuzzFeed-ish. So yeah. let me get into that. So they're, uh, they're sla- they are slaughtering us like animals. You know that 65 is the cap. I didn't get anything higher than 65. What score would you give? They're, they're slaughtering us like animals. 35. 35. What about you, John? Um, 40. 63. Nice. So, so that was a good title. That, well, I, I don't know. I couldn't get higher than 65. I don't know if that's because I was just picking the wrong titles. But I'd say that 63 is pretty good. And, and here, here are some of the things that this analyzer looks at. It looks at how many words in, in the title are common, commonly used, how many are uncommon, how many are emotional, and how many are like are. The title here is power, like the powerful ones, right? And then it breaks it apart. So this one has 34% uh, 
of the title is common, 17% power, zero uncommon, zero emotional. Honestly, I don't know if you're supposed to have like an even of all four. I imagine that's probably how it goes. The headline type, generic. Calls it generic. It's, it's not like amazing. So I imagine that you could probably get better. Uh, it talks about 37 characters in length. Uh, it's just the right length. Uh, and it has just the right amount of words. So six words, and I think there's a range. So six words in your title is right in that range. 37 characters is right in that range. It, one thing that it says is that when when people are looking at content, they skim, and they typically look at the first three words of the title and the last three words. So if it's if it's too long, they can lose context. Whereas here, it's it's literally six words. They are slaughtering us like animals. So they would they would read the whole title, and maybe that's why uh, why it's good. This actually says that it has a, a positive sentiment. So the word slaughtering is considered positive, I guess. Uh, which that that part surprised. How accurate me. do you think this rating system is? I, I don't know. I don't so know. I don't know if I trust it. Well, but if you've looked at the titles as you as a human with your own brain and look at the best to the worst in your opinion, do they line up with what the system yeah, saying? Yeah, they do. So, so here, so I told you three Pulitzer Prize winning titles. That was the first one. The second one is called The Fighter. That That's was it? the title, The Fighter. Which, of, of an which, article? Of, of a Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times article. 15. That sounds like a book title. Yeah, it sounds like a book title, but it, it wasn't. It was a New York Times The article. Fighter. I'm going to say uh, 22. 27. Mm. Okay. What about... This is the third one. Russia's Russian, uh, sorry, Russia's dark arts. That sounds so boring, but not for Harry Potter fans. I'm going to give it an 11. Although I don't John? think that's what they scored it at. I'm going to guess 34. 0. Oh, I was the closest. Whoa. Yeah, R- Russia's Russia's dark arts got a 0. Uh, okay, so those were the Pulitzer Prize winning titles. Then what I did was I went to a website called oh crap, now I can't even remember what I called and Brandon made me close all my <laughs> all my windows. Uh, it was a website that aggregates the most popular articles by shares. So Facebook shares, yeah. Google shares, and and you can you can filter it. You can say I only want articles or I want videos or I want it all. You can change the timeline. I want everything that you have in your database or I want the last day or the last week or the last month or the last six months. Is it BuzzSumo? No, it's not BuzzSumo. Um, it starts with an R and has two Zs in the middle, like Riser or something like that. Uh, anyway, so what I did was I filtered it to give me the last six months, give me the most shared articles on all platforms. And then I took those titles and I put it into the analyzer. And here's what I came up with. So here is a title of one of the most shared articles in the last six months and it had 6.5 million shares on facebook the title is surprise turns out pewdiepie was always kind of a racist (laughs) what score would you give that um i would give that the highest score that you had yeah so i said 65 65 okay so it actually has uh all four it has common words uncommon words emotional words and power words uh racist is a power word and it got a score of 65, evenly balanced. It's also generic as at 65. Uh, length, headline, just the right length of characters, 52 characters. So we know that there's a window there. Eight words. Last one had six, right in, the, right in that window. 
And uh, anyway, so 65. The other one I looked at was, uh, you know, the big news with the Lincoln Park lead singer. So Lincoln Park singer Chester Bennington dead commits suicide by hanging. Is that TMZ? Yeah. Yep. What score would you give that? Uh, I would give that the highest on the scale. 65. 53. Oh. So 53, it, did, it had zero uncommon words, zero emotional words, which surprised me considering it's about suicide. Yeah. And it has the word, has dead, suicide, hanging. Those are all kind of emotional. But uh, anyway, it also says that it's a little too long, 69 characters and a little too wordy, 10 words. So apparently more than between 8 and 10 is too many. And, uh, and then when we talk about the first three words and the last three words, Lincoln Park singer, suicide by hanging. Sounds like they could have just made it made it that and, and been okay. Okay, the last one on here. I, I don't know. Like, this did not ring any bells to me. Mario Testino goes larger than life in Berlin. Does that mean anything to you guys? No. It, it was shared like one and a half million times. What would you give that headline? Mario Testino goes larger than life in Berlin. 39. 39? 28. 57. Wow. I didn't keep that one up. Okay, the last thing I did, and this is the last little segment here. This is going to be real fun. I went to Market Campus's blog. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I pulled three titles from Market Campus's blog. The first one, how we, how we hacked Clash Royale get over 600, or to get over 600 e- uh, email addresses. What would you score that? Hmm. Uh, is, that, is that hard to score your 53. own? 53. 53. Nah, 46. I see John counting how many words yeah, are in there. Too many words. It's going to be 20s. 62. Hey. Bam. I'm up there with the New York Times. That's right. Content That's right. king right here. That's right. So uh, 27% common words, 18% power, zero uncommon, zero emotional. So it's not super balanced. People like hacked. And clash. Those are both power words. <laughs> Get, how, and to are common. And then uh, it has just the right length of characters, but too many words. So you have a lot of short yeah, words. Screw you, system. <laughs> the other one is 13 gifts that perfectly mm. sum up every emotion in digital marketing. I just read this post like a week ago for fun. <laughs> 13 gifts that perfectly sum up every emotion in digital marketing. I'm assuming emotions and emotional word. Yeah, you would think that. I'm going to give it a uh, 46. I'm sticking on the low train, 32. 62. Man, this Man. guy. <laughs> I'm brutal. 62. Uh, and, and emotion is not an emotional word. You got 0% there. Yeah. 27% common, 9% uncommon, and 9% power. So perfectly is a power word. Uh, nice. Perfect amount of characters, but again, too wordy. Now I'm going to assume that this third one's a crap you... Four, score. four ways startups screw up their marketing. I'm going to give that a 32. So this was written by... A guest post, <laughs> actually, right? Right. Yeah. Bridget Rhodes wrote oh, this yes. article. That's a, that's a pen name. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a text broker article. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. I think so. For those of you wondering, Brandon uses his wife's name and maiden name. <laughs> to make Market Campus look bigger than it is. <laughs> and it works, baby. Well, she technically does, yeah, do stuff. But <laughs> uh, Okay, so let me read it again. And then, and did you already guess the numbers? 
So four um, ways startups I, screw I, up I, their marketing. 34. I don't know if I said that before, but that's my new guess. I'm going to go higher than him just to flip the switch. Yeah. Uh, 41. 65. Better Man. than the first two. Wow. So it has. I'm just good. It has common, uncommon, and uh, that's it. No emotional, no power. Uh, perfect amount of characters, perfect amount of words. See, first three, last three, four way startups up their market. And I'm giving you suggestions when you're trying to put the caption on this Facebook live feed. All of them got ignored. And look at me. I'm getting 60s on this. Thing. I know. I'm the title guy. I know. I wasn't giving you crap. <laughs> didn't type in what I said. That's true. I didn't. So, <laughs> and that's why we only have how many people in here? Yeah. That's why, that's why we only have two people in Can here. Can you imagine? You wrote my captions. I don't know what I said. Already forgot them. Something but. about a fly on the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook about Live. A fly on the wall. Come be a fly on the wall and listen to a, another recording. Okay. So last last thing I want to do, and then we can shoot the breeze if we want. But the last thing I want to do is I want to put you guys on the hot spot or in the hot seat. I'm going to give you a topic, and I want you to come up with a title within 10 seconds. Okay. And then we're going to put it into the analyzer and see who gets the better score. Okay. How's that sound? Love it. Okay. So the topic is spaghetti. You have six seconds, sorry, 10 seconds to come up with a title about spaghetti. Maybe I should use a word that I know how to spell. How <laughs> uh, about uh, macaroni? Okay. No. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> how about pasta? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay. Pa- we'll do pasta. 10 seconds, okay? I'm, I'm going to go like this. I've got my fingers. I'm going to go down, and I'm just going to count down from 10. Looks like John is typing something. Yeah, we're no, going to commenting to oh, you're commenting. Lisa Schumacher. Oh, Lisa, thank you so much for engaging the pasta. with us. Got it. Okay, you got three more seconds. I say seconds, just <laughs> three more fingers that need to go down. Okay, who wants to go first? Do you have one, Brandon? Nine reasons pasta is ruining your life nine reasons pasta is ruining your life okay and john what's yours pasta bad or fiction does it make you that fat did you say bad or fiction bad oh fad yeah pasta fad or fiction is it really making you fat really making you fat okay brandon Coming back to yours, nine reasons pasta is ruining your life. 73. Dude. Holy cow. Bam, bam, bam. That literally blows my Broke mind. Broke the glass ceiling. 20... <laughs> I couldn't even find one higher than 65, and he just did it within 10 seconds. You got 28% common, 28% uncommon, 14% power. No emotional in there. Okay. Your uncommon words, life and reasons. Don't know why that's uncommon, but they are. I would do a mic drop here, but it doesn't drop. Yeah, that's too bad. And John, 61. Not bad. Insert sad trombone sound right here. But I'll tell you what. You got 30% common, 10% uncommon, and 10% power. Tell me which out of all of those were your power word, one word. Fat. What? Fat. Wait, what was oh, the no, title sorry. again? <laughs> uh, pasta, fat or fiction? Is it really making you fat? What do you think, I'm going to say either fiction or fat. Fad. Uh. Fad is yeah. the power word. 
Sad. Uh, fat did not make it on any of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Brandon, dang, man, I'm real, I really am impressed that you got 73. I could Give me not another do that. topic. You guys want to do it one more time? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, first of all, Brandon's, before we move on, Brandon had the, uh, within the window of good length of characters and good uh, amount of words. And John, you were a little wordy with 10 words, but you, you length was, was good. Okay. Here, here's the last topic. And then we're going to, we're going to do this one more time. Maybe actually, if there's a Facebook listener who wants to join in, why don't you give us, uh, I'll give a topic and then within the time allotted, you throw in your uh, title and we'll, we'll plug it into the analyzer and we'll, we'll see if you can beat Brandon. We, we lost some sound according to Lisa Schumacher. Let me see on my end. We're I still issues. have it. You see the sound still? Yeah, I don't, I don't see I'm that still part. getting sound. But. Okay. If Lisa's still in there, she's she's the only one uh, watching. Uh, okay, so if Lisa, you can hear us, you can participate. Let's uh, let's do this one more time. The topic is rodeos. Okay, rodeos. I'm going to give you ten seconds to come up with a a topic. Sorry, a title of a headline for rodeos. I should I should get some like Jeopardy music to throw in here. Do, do, I'm do, ready. Do, 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 do. All right, John, you're first. Rodeos, America's bloodiest sport. Oh wow! I wonder if we'll get some emotional there. America's blood is that even true? We'll find out. Okay. America's bloodiest sport. Rodeos, America's bloodiest sport. All right, Brandon. Why virtual reality is the future of rodeos. Wow. Why virtual (laughs) reality? Goodbye, mechanical bull. I basically have a built-in portent content (laughs) uh, title generator generator in my head. So why virtual reality is the future of rodeos? Yep. Okay. Or... uh, No, I don't... No, just one. (laughs) Important over there. Okay, rodeos, America's bloodiest sport. 18. (laughs) You had zero commons, zero uncommon, zero emotional, zero power. Uh, Too few characters and too few words. So four words is too short. Rodeos. Also, you like using the topic as the first word in your titles. Brandon. Where is that tab? 69. The two highest scores we've had. Brandon, 26 <sighs> common, easy. 25 emotional. Is the, is an emotional word, apparently. No power, no uncommon. Perfect character length, perfect number of words. All right. So, oops, didn't want to do that. Anyone on Facebook? Lisa just said, I have a frozen picture, no sound now. But the topic has been interesting, and she's going to think about it as she writes a blog post tomorrow. Hey. I do have a pretty cool tool. You mentioned uh, one tool earlier, and then I thought of another that I just found yesterday. It's not even a tool. It's just a really fun, addicting website. What tool did I mention earlier? That's what I'm trying to remember. Is it the headline analyzer? Yeah, I think you uh, Co-schedule? It's called uh, EmojiTracker.com, and it is a live, real-time tracker of 
emojis being used on Twitter. And it actually gives you what, like an epilepsy warning at the beginning before starting. Because of how 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 often they're used. Yeah. But it's live and you can uh, so you can see which emojis are the most popular at, at the time. You can actually click on it and it'll like bring you like a live feed of the actual tweets if you want. But yeah, I thought that was cool. really interesting. Mainly because uh Mine's not mine's not updating. Mine's going gangbusters. Mine's not doing jack. Like it's crap. not lighting up all over? No. It's probably because you're streaming on your computer. So it's a little slow. Yeah, maybe. But John's is lighting up over here like fireworks show. Wow. But yeah, pretty cool website. So if you're ever doing any campaigns and you're like, should we use some emojis? Which emojis do people resonate with the best? Oh, yeah. Bam. There so you go. This, this populates them based on how popular they are. Yeah, it's look, it's monitoring uh, real-time Twitter. So face with tears of joy is the number one emoji being used right now. That's what it was yesterday when I looked. Pretty much the same. Yep. The heart's number two. That's weird. I've never used a heart once. Really? Yeah. Not even to your wife? No. What? You think I like her? Just kidding. I like her. I like you. <laughs> she liked the video. This yeah, is I live. You can't edit this out anymore. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's all I had. Do you, do you have any last uh, last words? My alternative title was going to be, How Rodeos Could Have Saved Hillary Clinton's Election. Ooh, that's long. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't go with it. But uh, no. Why rodeos? What? You're going to grade it now? Yeah. How rodeos could have saved Hillary Clinton's election? I'll come up with an alternative, too. (laughs) Oh, he wants another chance. I do. He's kicking me while I'm down because he knows this is going to be a low score. Okay, John, what do you got? Rodeos. (laughs) Again, starting out (laughs) with rodeos. (laughs) Go. That's it. Oh, that's all. Rodeos, feast or famine? (laughs) Nope. All right, Hillary Clinton. Going with the fighter technique. Uh, 60. Hey. Hey. Not bad. Everyone was at least a 60. And John's was a zero. Duh. Okay. Hey, if you are listening and have found value in the podcast, please go and subscribe and leave a review. You can reach us through our website, belowthefull.io. There's a form at the bottom of the page that allows you to submit topic ideas, questions, whatever else you want. You can follow us on Twitter, belowthefull.io. From now on, you can also follow us on Facebook. We'll be doing Facebook Live every week, Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Our podcast will be aired on Monday mornings. And If you are, uh, are subscribing and don't want to watch, you can listen. And that's all we have. Until next week, we're Below the Fold. <laughs>